trust yourself as well and trust processes um, and just be brave because actually braveness does pay off and actually you are stronger than you think, stronger than you realise. Welcome to another episode of The Burnt Chef Journal, hosted by myself, Chris Hall, the founder of The Burnt Chef Project. This week, Candice Brown joins us to talk about her own experiences with mental health and also how she went from winning Great British Bake Off to owning her own pub within the hospitality industry and the effects that COVID has had on her and her business. I love chatting to Candy. She's a breath of fresh air when it comes to this particular subject. And I really hope that you too enjoy this conversation. Lamb Western are your partner in potatoes. We're a leading global frozen potato manufacturing business with a wealth of experience in offering a portfolio of high-end and quality products on a consistent basis. We supply the pub, casual dining, QSR sectors. We believe in well-being through potatoes and we are very proud to support the Burnt Chef Project. Here to offer our support and help for those that need it and any solutions that you need for you and your business. I mean, I don't know much about you, Candice, if I'm honest, um, mm-hmm. other than what we've only what we've seen and what you and I have sort of briefly discussed over social media. And I would yeah. love to know a little bit, you know, what was your life before this like? And like, what brought you into this like profession? And, you know, I mean, because it must have been such a change, hey? Yeah, it was just. Oh my gosh, it was just like, it was insane, just mental. Um, I think sort of background wise, mum and dad had always run pubs. We were brought up in pubs. I suppose we were brought up in the hospitality industry. Um, So it's, if anyone has it, it's literally running through my blood. Um, Mum and dad run pubs 25 years. Um, So I think they come out of the last one when I was maybe 20. I was at uni. Um, So we were really brought up in and around that. And it just... Yeah, it's just something we'd kind of lived through. Good pubs, bad pubs, rough as arsehole pubs. I mean, like being locked in the cellar, um, me, mum, dad, me, mum and my sister and being locked in the cellar because it was like a Western upstairs kind of thing and um, incredible pubs and food pubs and just wet pubs and things like that. So we've seen it all and we loved it and mum and dad loved it. Um and then obviously came out. I was I done various jobs. I was a um, air hostess, which people always go, "Oh, shock!" I mean, I am literally uh, if any job didn't suit me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, actually, when I did it, I'd always wanted to be an air hostess when I was younger. When I did it, it was absolutely atrocious. Am I allowed to swear? Am I all right swearing? Because they accidentally fall out sometimes. A lot you of go the time. for it. You okay. go for it. You you yeah. unleash the potty mouth. Okay, it. it was fucking awful. Like being an air hostess so I did that for a little while and then my love was always PE and sport and food and stuff like that so I was a PE teacher um, and just loved baking um, really really loved baking loved cooking and then um, yeah that little show called The Bake Off I used to watch avidly um, loved the show um, was struggling a little bit kind of mentally and cooking and baking was always my go-to thing my mates kind of recognized my best mate Anna would kind of recognize that if I was baking and there was a lot of it going on, she'd be like, right, okay, I'll be over. Something wasn't quite right in my head. And that meant that was me in my area and my space, which was my baking space. Um, and yeah, I just, I entered, I entered a couple of times actually, not because I thought I was any good, but just because I loved the show and I thought I'd really like to be part of that. And then, yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened, but I managed to win it. 
<laughs> and then everything else kind of, I don't know, kicked off. And I was able to do food as my, my I suppose, my job. And then two, oh, just over two years ago, me and my brother went full circle and decided to uh, buy a pub. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> what the fuck my mum and dad were like oh right go on good one (laughs) yeah you had the choice to do anything and then you've gone and done this oh I mean we were looking at other things we were looking at kind of spaces we would seen this old bank and the people that were trying to sort it out or the people that were in charge of leasing it or letting it or whatever they were doing, which is such art. They were real like arses and they really looked down on me and my brother and they made a couple of digs at me about certain things. And I was just like, I'm not having that. I'm not that sort of person. Don't try and make me and my brother look silly. We know what we're doing. We're not stupids. And then randomly we went and saw the pub and as soon as we pulled into the car park I went oh my god I love it my brother went don't do that and yeah we put in an offer that day and here we are two years later shut fucking brilliant yeah (laughs) what a year what a year who would have thought it hey and then for hospitality to get absolutely shafted during the whole thing as well literally like, uh, like I mean unbelievable like unbelievable I'm so I understand things had to be put in place but I'm so angry at I don't know the blame last year especially that blame that got put on hospitality when literally we were busting Mm. our asses to do things properly and spending money to make to not even break even a lot of the time because numbers going in was slashed what we were doing was slashed and just still the blame the hospitality that blame that blame that blame it was like hang on there's no proven evidence we've been in lockdown for how many months now and things were still rising like that was that was hard that was that was that was heartbreaking there was a lot of tears over over that yeah i mean it's a sheer sense of helplessness as well because it doesn't matter what yeah. you say what you think no like they don't listen to us they just make the rules no. up and then off you go literally and that's how i am like people are, how have you dealt with it i'm like i listen to what i'm told and we do it. Um, but I think that that one before Christmas, you know, when we went into all the tiers and they yeah. said um, we'd, we'd gone into tier four, we'd gone from tier two to tier four in a day and a half. And I was driving back to the pub and I heard it on the news and I just I cried all the way back. And I pulled up at the pub and I could see my dad and my brother on the roof because obviously during lockdown, obviously we, we're building an extension. <laughs> sure. Of course. It's not enough to worry about. Um and I could see them and they've been busting their asses to get like this extension bit done and finished and working so hard. And I just looked at them on the roof and I just I couldn't I couldn't breathe for tears. And just that absolute we've got to shut in a day and a half where we've got everything sorted for Christmas. And and I don't think my brother said two words to me that day because he just didn't. He just was just like, I don't know what to fucking say. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was that was probably the worst I felt. That was like okay, and since then it's just been right. Okay, they tell us what to do and we do it. So we haven't got much of a say. I mean, the, the government. Nah. I, I know Rishi announced yesterday that we'd get a little bit more additional support in terms of that that mm. cuts um, furlough scheme. But still, it's you know, it's the uh, we're going to have to restart again at some stage. And it's also, I mean, by the time this comes out, we might have already restarted. Actually, I think potentially. Well. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, you couldn't write it, could you? Like, it's one of those things, I think, at the beginning, I kind of I said to my dad, it's nothing I thought I'd see in my lifetime. And he said, bloody hell, like, it's interesting, though, like, one of my brother's best mates, um, he said he's nan and granddad, 
were talking about different things. And they said that they'd kind of gone through one of the wars and all the rationing and everything. And they said this was just the, this is so much worse, just sheerly because of the isolation and the loneliness and was just, and that, that, that was like a, a wow. Okay. And you can see it. I, I've had, to, I had to make a massive step last year and kind of change because I did the first lockdown on my own in the pub in the middle of nowhere. And it nearly broke me. It nearly fucking broke me. Like it was, mm. I mean, the pub is in the middle of nowhere and I was by myself and it was fuck. I mean, t- beyond tough, beyond tough. How long did it take you to realize into lockdown that, it wasn't going well in terms of your mental health. Um, so mental health is something I've always kind of I've struggled with for years. I um, so it's not something really I've spoken about. I'm, I spoke about it once with Frankie um, just over a year ago, and people were like, "Oh, okay." And then people that have been horrible to me on Bake Off were like, "Oh, we're really sorry for being horrible." I'm like, "Yeah, hurts, doesn't it?" Um, uh, but I've, I've just written my second book and I talk very openly about it. So I suffer with uh, clinical depression, PTSD and chronic phobia. I recently got diagnosed with ADHD as well, hence the I, disorganization, forgetfulness and all that. So it makes a lot of sense. Anyone that knows me is all like, not that we didn't know, but I'm like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of been up and down. I had a very difficult year last year, um, the hardest of my life, in fact, how the I'm still going I don't know um but yeah it just it became it was just a lot it was a lot to take in it was a lot to deal with and then obviously lockdown and stuff and the issue with staff so it's like okay what are we going to do and just my brother's very much like right okay we do this this and this and I'm like um and then it was kind of I don't know we sort of had issues with staff and things like that. So we had a chef and then the chef left um, and it was down to me to do all the food, all the cooking. So we did a takeaway and I was just doing all the food, all the cooking. I'd never done that before. I'm not a chef. And one of the things I do say is I'm not a chef and I would hate to put myself alongside people. I know you had Nathan Outlaw on recently and the thought of someone like me going, oh, I'm a chef next to him. It's like, and like I couldn't do that. It makes me go, well, I, I fanny around my cake. I mess about with food and I'm lucky enough to do that as a job now. But I had to then do that. I had to do that six days a week and that was my focus but my it was at one point it was me my brother and Sophie and we were running and trying to keep the pub going just doing that and that was I mean they they kept me going um because that was come on up you get and it was right into the kitchen go 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 but on those days or the nights when we were shut I was like okay and towards sort of the end of the year when I kind of said I don't know if I can do this on my own if lockdown happens again, you know, and everyone was going, no, lockdown's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And luckily I kind of sort of, I suppose, preempted it. I don't know, but I just said if that, I just, I can't do it. I can't do that. I need to be on the goal all the time. And just that silence and that darkness on top of a brain that can be quite dark anyway at times was, was a lot. So I'm kind of backwards and forwards, but it is hospitality I know has like and what you guys do is just just blows my mind like you're just so needed in the hospitality industry like there's such a high rate of of mental health and things like that and I get it and I I understand it and you can see why and and I mean I'm not even I don't I don't even do what proper chefs do and things like that and yeah just sort of the work and to I don't know help is is invaluable because it's 
it's tough. It's fucking tough. And this year, my God, it's like, like heartbreaking, like literally heartbreaking this year. Yeah, it is tough. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. I, I've always said since day dot, I've worked with chefs and I've worked with thousands of chefs over the last 12 years. There's no way. I mean, I've got the utmost respect for anyone that works within hospitality, back of house, mm. front of house. Um, you know, I've worked in bars, busy bars down in Bournemouth. And I know what a 12 hour shift behind a bar mm. in Bournemouth is like. Um, and that's only for two or three days a week, let alone yeah. doing that seven days back to back. Just no, no let up. Like no. you need to be superhuman to work in this trade. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think I think it takes a special kind of person. I mean, I was a bloody secondary school teacher. So, um, I mean, I've gone from like one thing to kind of another, like running their own business and things like that. And I mean, I am I'm so fortunate. I'm so, so lucky to do something I love. Um, but I think where I suppose and people might and I, I do I have this massive imposter syndrome as well, which you'll probably sort of talk down at myself all the time about like but. It just even I can't imagine having to well I, in a little way because obviously I have the pub and that was our choice and to move through with that and running a business with my brother who is great and I know he's so stressed at the moment trying to kind of get everything done and that's difficult on my side because I'm not a builder uh, I mean I'm, I can put together some flat pack not a problem I'm very good at hitting stuff and screwing yeah. things in and stuff like that um but uh it's it's hard and I hear him stressed and my kind of stuff comes from the background and I can fill a space and I can make things beautiful like we did with the pub and I think sometimes people think that when you take on something you maybe you've got investors or someone else has paid for it and someone else is plowing mon- money into it but no this is ours this is we did this all ourselves this is all our money this is all our hard work my brother and my dad and his like pals and stuff who are different tradesmen did all the bits and pieces in the pub we chose the paint we went and picked all the antiques all the furniture we did absolutely everything ourselves and we still are and it's yeah and people have been doing like chefs and people have been doing that their whole lives and then imagine this year then that all just comes crashing down they have to pass that over and just go we can't do it anymore it's just yeah. it's just a lot and just yeah it's yeah, I just can't obviously I can imagine it because I, I feel it and I it's just it's just so much it's just so much and on top of that you open and then like you say you've got your seven days a week you're dealing with interesting customers um I think my patients are a little bit I don't know actually I say my patients are higher they the guys at the pub would be like no I stopped answering the phone after a while because I couldn't deal with some of the requests <laughs> so, no someone else is gonna have to do that <laughs> but then that's not too bad is it we've become overly accommodating like as hospitality I was chatting to Claire Smith the other day and she was saying like we need to put things into perspective at the end of the day we're cooking food for rich people like does does it really matter if we're busting a gut and we're slaving and we are giving everything just to put some some food on the plate for some people who want to eat? Like when you put Honestly, it into, it blows my mind, and I don't think I'll ever get used to people and their requests. It's the same as being a teacher. You don't, I don't ever think I would have ever got used to kids. And I was a secondary school teacher. I was a head of year, so it was behaviour. I mean, stuff they did was unreal sometimes so I'd be like what are you doing um and then working in special needs department so I can understand 
different behaviors and things like that and still I meet people and I'm like oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm what I'm gonna do is I'll be back in a minute and I walk into the kitchen and I'm just like what the fuck okay. like <laughs> <Yeah>. what <laughs> But I just like, laugh. I laugh all the time. I have to. I laugh so much. It's probably quite inappropriate, but all you'll hear is me cackling. I did it on Bake Off. I do it now. I laugh continuously because I'm also like, I laugh at myself. So I'm like, oh gosh. Okay, come on. But then I think we're surrounded by that though, aren't we? We are. So you have to have a sense of humour to work in hospitality, right? Because if you don't. For sure. Like mental health issues aside, I think we'd all be would be fucking crazy like honestly crazy rocking rocking backwards and forwards I mean I do that regularly but um yeah that's just a fun (laughs) but um no it's it's so true and I think it's it's really important as well to surround yourself with a good team like we don't at the pub we we're not I'm not I'm probably not a great boss because I'm so I hate confrontation we have had issues with various um like chefs and things like that and I remember when we first opened I remember ringing Tom Kerridge I'm lucky I'm so honestly like it was like name dropping but I'm so lucky in that something I love to do has become to a point where I'm able to do it but also people I've looked up to and watched and read and followed and just waited on what they're doing next I'm have become really good friends and Tom and his wife Beth have have become really good friends and I remember ringing him when we just opened and just sobbing down the phone going what do I do about this and he's like mate you're gonna have to come on mate listen you've got to take charge and I was like okay right he's like right would you stand for that no I wouldn't um and yeah and just him giving his time to sort of talk me up and I have to do that but then Ben's a bit better like that Ben's kind of right bit direct like have you done this needs to be done now that's my brother and then I'm a bit like da, 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 da. and he's like have you done that I'm like yeah just doing it and he's like you're not and I'm like fuck I meant to do that <laughs> <laughs> it's personality type so isn't it like so and I also think it is learned as well like I used to be very much the same I mean I, I ran a sales team and so during that process of when I was first started getting into management it was a case of like you look do you mind if if you just do this thing for me, like, don't worry if you don't get around to it, but if you do do it like, that'd be great. And then in the end, I ended up just something clicked. And I was like, look, mate, I just need this done. And I need it done yeah. by this day in this way. If you don't do it. Yeah. And then it's, I think once that, I mean, that feels way out of your comfort zone, but once you get used to that, yeah, then you start to learn the right way of being able to say these sort of things, but it never gets yeah. easier no it doesn't and and like we've gone from sort of a really big team and there are differences and things like that and I I'd hate to I'd hate to feel that anyone kind of thought badly of me or or anything like that but sometimes obviously stuff doesn't work and sometimes people do do like it, it, it it kind of doesn't work out but we've got a really small team now who have worked really hard and I mean they absolutely rip me they rip the piss out of me and I'm just like okay um and I mean some like we've got like the staff and things like that are just great like some of the younger girls that work for us I mean I was behind the bar one day when the pub was open and I wear like I said to you I wear a lot of dungarees wear a lot of all in one and one of these was brown corduroy I mean it sounds very sexy I know and she'd lost her earring so I'm on my hands and knees behind the bar looking for my one of the bar staff's earrings and she came round and she went 
like that and she went oh and started laughing I went, what are you laughing at she went I thought you were a, a big dog behind the bar I was gonna stroke you I was like I'm looking for your earring <laughs> yeah, how... was like, I thought you were a dog and I was like thank you thank you <laughs> yeah sure looking for your earring on my hands and knees <laughs> how many managers are not only are on their hands and knees for their staff but also getting stroked and patted at the same I time know. <laughs> i'm so lucky but i wouldn't change it we are we're like a, we're like a little family and they are they just work so hard even through this and i like trust them implicitly and it's it's great and it's so important i've said it through all jobs if you, you need to do something that you enjoy because if it, you dread doing something then you spend so much of your time working there's no point in doing it yeah there's an interesting <clears> thing actually because you say you've, you've changed your roles quite frequently and your roles have been like you know they've been to one extreme to the other like yeah. what what was it that, that got you changing as in from sort of PE teaching to food or yeah I mean you went from PE teaching to you said you were a flight flight attendant yeah well let's say I did flight yeah flight attendant yeah so that was way back that was just after uni so I've got a degree in sport and PE um uh just basically anything that a job that would anything that would require me not to sit down and not to sit still um and I really I loved I loved everything about flying like we were really lucky growing up mum and dad used to take us on really lovely holidays and I was obsessed with the flight attendants and used to know the maneuvers off by heart and things like that so um coming out of uni I was like I'm not 100% what sure what I want to do you'll probably be into teaching but I'm going to give this a go I lasted just yeah well yeah it was oh god I mean if you think people are interesting put them on an aeroplane and lock them in (laughs) Oh my gosh, I've never known anything like it. I've never known anything like it. I got a I got a written a written warning for having an unruly bun. I think when that happened, I um went, yeah, this is probably not the job for me. Um an unruly bun, as in like a hair, unru- hairdo. Yeah, yeah, not a not a bread bun this time, as in a hairdo, yeah. My bun was unruly. So I did that and then like worked in the gym and things like that. And then, yeah, just went into <clears throat> teaching and I did a GTP. So again, I didn't have to, I didn't go back to uni. I learned sort of on the job in a school. Again, just anything I could do, which I think is very kind of um, apparent kind of in my brain, the, the not having to sit still. So, yeah, so PE teacher and then head a year and then uh, special needs for the last couple of years. But food has always been there. I've always loved cooking. I've always loved baking. My nan was an incredible cook and incredible baker. Spent a lot of time with her growing up. Um, and yeah, just Bake Off came along and it just it, it just changed everything. Just, just incredibly. I didn't ever expect it, imagine it. And I have no expectations because I think sometimes if you have expectations, you get let down and that can be quite sad. So it's nice to think about things. But if you don't expect it, if you don't get it, you never had it anyway. That makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Don't get yourself, yeah, don't get yourself yeah, hyped up so about it. So I just, yeah, I just every opportunity that comes my way, I only do things I completely and utterly can throw myself into. I believe in. I completely absorb myself in, and just the food and the pub and just everything. It's 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 all the pub is what I have. I don't have my own house. I drive a teeny tiny little car. But I have my pub and that's what I have. And it is me and my brother have worked really, really hard. And I am 
like almost I yeah I feel really proud of him because he's just what he can do his vision him and my dad able to kind of take this vision of what it is and then build around it and like I said we're having this extension built which is just going to be beautiful um they've declined my help to build things or knock things down at the moment but I'm hoping there's something for me to hit this weekend <laughs> yeah perhaps they could put, put a tiny little wall up yeah. in the background just so you just can give me a down. sledgehammer yeah <laughs> but um yeah it'd be it'd be good it's just yeah it's just uh just mental really that this year kind of is just it was about a, a, a year to the day of us reopening and we started talking about the possibility of doing a year's anniversary party and then we went into lockdown and that was literally a year to the day and we were like oh shit okay but madness and how how was it doing <clears throat> uh, doing really well yeah we were doing great we'd we'd had a, a, a sort of really good year like I say we're really lucky because it is in a beautiful little village of Evershaw I mean there is nothing when I say there's nothing people go oh yeah and then they come and see it and they're like there's not even a shop and I'm like no there's nothing so there's a church opposite um a cricket green a lido randomly and a little village hall um but it's it's on like walking routes and cycling routes and it's just beautiful and it, we really wanted to make it kind of like a destination pub and it's not a restaurant and I really kind of try and say like it's not a restaurant or can we sit in the restaurant area? and we're like it's a pub and we have had sort of people go well, we had came for a meal on Friday it was very loud we're like it's a Friday night it's a village pub like I'm not going to make any apologies for that I'd rather it be like that than stone cold silence and it's just it's great we've worked really hard on it and yeah it was doing really really well so to have to adapt and we did adapt quite quickly this time has been worse because it's been absolutely dead which has been difficult but I think that's everywhere I don't think anyone expected it to kind of go on this long but you you adapt you listen and you one foot in front of the other most of the time so have you put any changes or are you likely to change the way in which you operate off the back of this this quarter period? Have you identified anything? Um, so I think uh, we're working on with a smaller team for sure. So smaller team because actually a smaller team working at 100% is a bigger team working at kind of 60 70% kind of thing. And that's kind of what we want. Mm. Um, it should be a case of everyone and just people knowing kind of job roles and stuff like that um because yeah it has the it has the potential to just to be incredible it's such a beautiful place and it's people kind of come in and they love everything kind of down to the toilets and the bathrooms and stuff which was my what my brother used to used to kitchen and bathrooms and so they're stunning and it's just yeah just just keeping true to ourselves as well I don't want to go down the route of changing things it's a small menu which has changed regularly everything's cooked fresh um so it takes a little bit longer to cook because nothing's coming out the freezer nothing's prepared like pre-made or anything like that so just kind of understanding that what we do and you don't have to follow kind of trends and 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 things like that and I think that's really really important but just also just listen listening and moving moving with times listening to feedback taking feedback on but actually not bowing to I don't know other bits and pieces. It's tricky as a business owner as well, because you get a lot of, um, should we say, a lot of customers who think they know 
how to run a business yeah. and they know also know what should be on the yeah. menu and how to be done and then ultimately you could bow and bend to fit everyone's requests but nine times out of ten those people who wanted that particular bavette steak <laughs> on are the people who aren't going to no. order the bloody thing in the no. first place so you have you have to go with your own design yeah. and your own vision and, and it is, and it is you, i think like it. i think it's important to explain we had one of the things in lockdown was someone emailed to say sort of some of the food that was sent out they about like the cost of it and and how it came and things like that and and I actually I don't I'm not kind of one to I don't have confrontation but at that point when we were struggling to get that's when it was really bad we were struggling to get produce in I'd order stuff and the next day some of it would turn up or a variation of something would turn up and we were having to work with what we got because that was when everything was shut and we are in the middle of nowhere. Things were coming yeah. in. I know the farmers were really struggling as well. So anything that was coming from the farm shops and stuff maybe wasn't. The potatoes were really, really sugary. So the chips were darker than they were normally because of the high sugar and the high water. And then I just, I actually yeah. sat down this day and I just wrote this lady an email and just literally went through the whole thing. She never got back to me, but I just thought I needed to say that. I needed to say, please understand these this is the reason for this cost this is the reason why the chips are darker this is the reason blah 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 blah. and it's not making excuses but I just felt at that point I was and sometimes I feel like I need to explain myself and I get myself but that's my brain I get myself in a bit of a pickle where I'm like oh god I don't want them to upset I don't want them to feel bad at me but actually please understand that I'm on my ass here like I'm being scraped off the floor most mornings and we are really the three of us are doing the very very best we can and like these are the reasons why we're in the middle of a lockdown. We're in the middle of an absolute shitstorm that nobody really knew what was going on at that point. Apart from you cannot do a thing. You can't lick people. You can't touch people. You can't... Uh, all, the, all the things Me I miss. I can't wait to lick people. And, um, and yeah, it's just yeah. I just felt kind of the need to just explain the reasons for for these things but it's just one of the things for hospitality you always get someone who has worked I used to work in hospitality I know hospitality and you kind of go okay but it's just yeah you listen you move on you take it and the trouble is me is I take everything to heart and I will just I've got no line between being angry and just bursting into tears and my brother's always like don't take everything to heart and I'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> like I'm fine yeah hard though I'm fine. It's hard, when, especially when you've ploughed your time, your effort, your emotion, mm-hmm. your energy. And I think, you know, that's that's reciprocated across the mm. entire industry. We, If you work in this game, you throw everything into it. And it's hard not to take offence. It's passion, isn't it? You don't do it unless you're passionate. I don't think anybody would willingly do things like that if they weren't completely and utterly passionate, full 100% in it. I don't think they they would do that. No one would choose to have that worry and that panic of how's it going to be through choice. It, it is, it's hard work, but it is, it's complete and utter passion. I say, if, you, if you're not getting upset, if you're not concerned, if you're not nervous on a day-to-day basis, you don't care enough. Well, that's me. <laughs> no. No, you're, you're completely right. I mean, I've been in, I've been in some, yeah. I think all of us have been in these jobs where you just think to yourself, oh, mm-hmm. I can't be asked anymore. And you get in. And in fact, actually, when you don't care and when you are bored, then for me, that's when my depression kicks in as well. When I'm sat there yeah. bored, I start yawning and then the, that yawning comes into boredom. Yeah. Then I start ca- causing fights and arguments yeah. just because I want a bit of excitement yeah. in life, you know? Well, my, like, yeah, Funny so my, my depression can like manifest itself. Like I had a really 
bad week last week I, I did a last week or the week before I did a <clears throat> I did a live so I did a bake a live bake along and I don't know I hadn't done one for a while but for me I don't know something in me was just like oh, I don't think that was good enough and then there's just this internal argument which then just set me down here and because I was so bothered and the feedback was great and people loved it but this internal argument with me that it wasn't good enough but it just shows that I completely and utterly care but that then that set me down low but I had nothing then afterwards to kind of okay move on with because we are inside and I think that's what I'm struggling with this time is the boredom and fucking eating everything I can get my hands on like oh, oh everything everything don't. like stuff I don't even like I'm eating it but I'm like, just boredom as well and if I have to go for another fucking yeah. walk like, I'm going to, I don't know, walk. What are you doing today? I'm going for a walk. What are you doing today? Oh, I'm going for a walk. Funny that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then you get excited because you're like, oh, it's Thursday today. In two days' time, we've got the weekend. What am I going to Oh, I'm going to go for a walk. Go for a walk. I might make it yes. an hour this time. And I take Who the bloody knows? dog who's um, a complete have... prick. So what should be a nice relaxing walk? I spend the whole time trying to stop him attacking cyclists screaming at birds and anything that moves so it's like it's not even a nice walk it's bloody stressful <laughs> it's not like you can put your walking boots on and just stomp is it like i have to stomp pulling this naughty rescue sort of four and a half legged pug who thinks he's a rottweiler he's a donut he really is but they're great they do they 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 are my little comfort blanket when if times are a bit shit yeah, especially with lap dogs as well. I've got a pug cross with a border terrier, oh. and uh, he's every morning he'll jump up into bed, right, and he'll cuddle with you in, in underneath the duvets. And I always tra- I trained border collies. So I used to have agility mm-hmm. border collies. I we would never allow in the house, let alone under the in cover. Bed. Yeah, so we've got this little under the cover. But he's getting old now. So eleven. I took him for a quick five k the other day, and I looked behind me. I was like, "Fuck! Mm-hmm. I've lost the dog." And I look back over the field and he's miles away. He's just mm. plodding along at his own merry way. And I'm like, it's just not quite no. the same. It's not the blast no. you need really, is it? For and then I've got Sybil, who is another rescue, but she's three-legged, blind in one eye. I think the other eye's going as well. She was using puppy farming. So she walks for a bit and then I've got a sling to carry her in because she can't walk that far. So I'm literally like the crazy dog lady. I've got one of them screaming and shouting at everything that moves. And I've got Sybil trotting along behind. And then she's like, oh, pick me up, pick me up. So then I'm walking along and he's screaming. And then you've got to stop and pick up Pooh. And she's grumbling because she's in this sling. And it's just like, this was really, really relaxing. This was lovely. And people are going, you know, your dog's got a bad yeah, yeah. leg. And I'm like, she's disabled. She's fine. Bless her. She's just having a little wander. I'm going <laughs> to pick her up in a minute. <laughs> and then I look round. That's she's you... way back and she's just sat there and I'm like, I'm over here, like making myself all big, like, see, I'm here. And she's like, oh, and trots over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, mine's going deaf at the moment oh. as well, so I can't even call him. <laughs> when he's over there, it's like... Oh, yeah, I'll just wait for him wait. to come. But, you wouldn't um... be without them though. Like, and same, we've always grown up with dogs in the pub and things like that. So they, they wander around the pub and... They all know, and I'm like, where is Albus? And he's sat next to someone's table, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. They're like, he's fine. They're like feeding him shortbread, and I'm like, okay. His behaviour's going to be bad tonight. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. After yeah. all that sugar. But just going, just going back to your point very quickly about you saying you get imposter syndrome and that you think mm. you haven't done things well enough. So I used to have that so badly. And the thing that got it out for me was like a paradigm shift, like a perception tilt. And I suddenly started thinking, like, if I was watching me or if I was involved with that conversation mm. or that piece of work and I didn't know me, would I have known any differently? Yeah. And I wouldn't have done. And then once I started thinking like that, over a period of a couple of years, I actually trained myself to realize that it's like a piece of art or like a plate. You know, you put that final little dash on top of that cake or mm. whatever it might be because, you know, it looks better that way. But the person hasn't seen the four or five different changes you made beforehand to know yeah. the difference. And I found that that just being able to do that and start to learn to do that has been hugely yeah. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because you can have all these achievements and you can come through stuff and you're still like your own worst enemy. Like for me, like I did Bake Off battling just this horrible, awful imposter syndrome, this anxiety, this depression that was just crippling at times that would like not make me sleep beforehand and I did that with like with not telling anybody and I just did it and then pe- people were like being mean about um my face and how I pout and how I was this but that was like this mask of terror and I wear lipstick and I wear makeup and I will I will try and make a real effort one of the well mum always said to me she was like a proper landlady don't ever underdress all right mum got that like a proper like Peggy Mitchell Barbara Windsor and my heart just breaks um so I always kind of will dress up and this lipstick was like a real suit of armor for me that okay I'm fine I can do this and I had this kind of here and this kind of stillness and I've had it my whole life but um I was doing all of that and I was doing something was so terrifying and my friends and family were like can you deal with this can you cope with this um but I was like I can because I don't know I thrive off this pressure sometimes but then when things did go wrong this whole it was like I mean, tears and panic of I'm not good enough. I told you I was not good enough. Told you. And that is, I still battle with that now. And <clears throat> my second book, I mean, it's four years down the line. I did my first one, Comfort, um, which was just, I was so proud of it to come off out of Bake Off and then have a book and then write this book. And then four years down the line, I've written another one. So in the middle of everything, so lockdown and the shit year I had and just everything that was going on, I wrote this second book happy cooking and it is it's me laid bare and I'm fucking terrified like I can't tell you how terrified I am to people see me completely laid bare because that is me you I think people take things on face value and I did go on a show and I did go on a national and and everything like that but actually everything I do I work so hard for and I am battling my own kind of stuff for very various different reasons. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm so, so proud of this book because it's a step up from what I've been doing. Like my food is better. My, my cooking is better and just everything about it. It's just, it's, it's beautifully shot and everything, but it's me completely brutally honest. Like this is me. I'm, you see me, as I suppose this, ah, confident, Um, and then you've also got this complete and utter, last year, my brother and Sophie, and a couple of my mates literally, yeah, they were scraping, well, not, my mates weren't scraping me off the floor, because they couldn't fucking see me, but they, they kept me going, like, I can't, uh, 
like it's so fucking hard like that that your brain can be so incredible sometimes it allowed me to do and has allowed me to do the most amazing things but my god is my brain horrible to me at times and this real weird imbalance of this new book coming out I'm feeling so proud but also terrified to the point where when I announced it end of oh, 17th of Feb, whenever it was, I didn't really talk for two days because I just went completely into myself. And it's, yeah, it's, it's hard not to get, it's just, yeah, I don't know. Your brain's, it's, it's a tough one. And then yeah, the added stress, stresses of everything. And I suppose with lots of different jobs, I suppose hospitality and after this year, it's just, it's everything. And I'm not even alongside sort of the, the big hitters and the main players and stuff like that but you just it's just yeah and that's what I think what you do is just so incredible and your support and what you offer for people is just brilliant and obviously I came across I think I came across you guys what yeah just over a year I came across you over a year ago and um it was still sunny yeah, back then, yeah. and just yeah I just think it's so so important to have that support and actually to talk and for people to go to and stuff like that because actually for a a very long time I didn't speak about it and a lot of it was shame and actually it's not something it's not my fault (laughs) it's not my fault I'm I'm like this and I have to remind myself sometimes and it's not my fault and it's something I think I'll always battle with and I think probably people in the same way probably you will as well you you battle you have days when you're like boom 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 and other days you're like for fuck's sake like why why and mm. it just it just blows well it blows my mind sometimes it the thing that is so capable of enabling you to do amazing things can also really let you down sometimes yeah I mean that's that's the whole reason mm. why I started because for years similarly to you I was having these internal mm. conflicts and the conflicts were so bad like so bad and you trash talk yourself to such an extent and you look around at people and you look mm. at, you know, you're not necessarily you, but you might look at yourself on TV and go, God, I wish, wish I could be confident like that. And they, and you, and you picture it in your head that these people just have these mm. vacuums, these black empty spaces where they just go, right, today I'm going mm. for a walk. And off they go in peace and peace and quiet with their brain. And it wasn't until I ended up getting like, I mean, most recently it was, I was 29. So what, five years ago? When I went to a cognitive behavioural therapist, I was like, I'm broken, I'm damaged. I'm, I've got these thoughts going through I think through that was about the same basis. time I was, like, like, diagnosed as well, actually. About that about yeah. that amount of time ago. But then, but it takes someone else, like, uh, it takes someone who's, you know, c- costing you a small fortune, because you have to mm-hmm. go privately, of course, because the NHS can't, mm-hmm. can't do it at the moment, to be able to say to you, do you think that everyone else walks around yeah. with... with with nothing going on in their head I'm like yeah I want to be like them they're like well it's impossible because that doesn't happen and then once you get that little glimpse Mm -hmm. behind it that's why I mean that's why these photos and eventually we'll get you shot as well but that's why these photos came out they're just they honestly I spend so much time looking at those because I just think they're just so powerful and I think that's one of the I think that's probably one of the first things I said to you didn't I? I was like they're so so emotive and so powerful and I think that that shade that that dark that dark to light and that little bit in between where you can either stay in that dark bit or you can actually push over and just okay this is this is actually the good bit this is what you see and actually yeah I just I do think like massive for you because I just think what you do is just 
bloody brilliant. Even if they do get a picture of me picking up dog shit with a blue rubber glove. It was, was so amazing, good. Honestly. So good. After all that shit, I was like, literally have that. Like you can have that one. Like, yeah. It wasn't a poo bag, it was a blue rubber glove because I ran out of bags. <laughs> I just all the time. The way I get this message and I turn around to a mate of mine, I said, Candice Brown from Bake Off just messaged me. And I was like, What's this about? And I was like, fucking hell, she's she's wearing one of our t shirts in the Daily Mail picking up dog shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. That's that was class. Thank I you. I mean, that's I me all over, that if I'm honest. Class, class, class. <laughs> what What else can we get? I mean, I would say, like, if there's anything more extreme, can we get you skydiving? I mean, while sure. Wearing, like, a, just, I just the chef denim. Yeah. <laughs> Bit breezy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I'll send you through. Um, I'll send you through one of the denim chef's jackets, and you just just cover that in cover hand that prints. in hand prints. <laughs> Yeah, we could have we could have a new range, or we could just I don't know. Yeah, just mess, continual mess everywhere. Madness. So, what have you found then, other than baking? What have you found uh, that helps you manage manage those voices and? You know, yeah, so bacon. bacon is obviously bacon is my go-to. It's interesting um, how when people when people see me bake and people see me in my flow, they're like, "Fucking hell!" Like it's a, like a different person. It's it completely all consumes me, and this is kind of what I I speak about sort of in the book. This all consuming this it is my happy place. It is my thing that I do when I'm sad, when I'm stressed, when I'm angry, when I'm happy, when I'm I just need something. Um, so that's probably that, like whether I go for a walk or one of the things I do at the moment quite a lot is Lego, um, <laughs> which sounds silly, but it's one of the only things that keeps keeps my hands busy, keeps my attention um, and again, keeps me quiet because I think my brain just, it's firing all the time and sometimes that's um, sort of anxiety, but also a lot with the ADHD just continual or I get a song that just goes round and round in my head. And then I kind of, they're kind of like triggers for me where I know the anxiety is quite bad because I start, things will start just being a little bit repetitive. Um, so that just those, these little things that kind of keep my attention. I love reading um, and I love audio books. Funnily enough, I don't listen to a lot of music, Um I don't know if there's something in the repetitiveness of it, which I don't sometimes don't enjoy. So I listen to a lot of audio books mm-hmm. um, just just like just easy listening, really, like some Jane Fallon and things like that I listen to. Um, and when I'm baking, I have things on in the background. So like series and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm a very, very good. Um, I say time optimist people say bumble bumbler so I can while away time and I'm like where the bloody hell did that hour go <laughs> and I've done fuck all That's so <laughs> and I'm like oh no I got set up today with 36 minutes before that's unheard of I think probably because I'd missed two last week but still I was 36 minutes set up ready to go <laughs> Listen, firstly, it was only one you've missed. So I don't know where no, to go. Cut yourself no, some No, I don't miss, but it was the one before when I just didn't even bother getting back. And I was just like, oh, Christ, okay. okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're, you're not, a, I don't own you. You're not accountable to me. Like, I wouldn't have known any different if you hadn't mentioned it either. So <laughs> you go, girl. Go, girl. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
it's interesting what you're saying about flow though you know what i think that i think everyone has like a flow state right they can get into but i think that if you have uh had a mental illness and i'm a true believer that not everyone has a mental illness for life mm. right there are some of us who are more susceptible like yourself or i who you know if if perhaps our resilience isn't strong enough in a certain yeah. area or things are getting upon us then when we dip but that flow state is so incredible and it's the probably the only time during a day or a night whenever it comes in that we just have complete i, I can't explain it but complete freedom uh-huh. of any thought yeah. other than that creative yeah. flair and you go into like this this tunnel vision yeah. um uh, I I love it, and this is the Burnt Chef project. Is me and yeah. my flow state. I will come into this office, right, and I will twelve hours later, yeah. I'll come out again, not really mm-hmm. knowing what what's happened. You know, yeah, Madness, it is. Yeah. It's just like I say, you you just you find these things, and I think everyone does have things. I think bacon. From, I have to work. It probably comes as a surprise. I have to work really hard. I had to work hard at school. I had to work hard at uni. Nothing really comes naturally to me, but I just feel food I just I love everything about it I love the smell of it I love how it feels and I want to understand for me I want to learn more all the time so I'm always asking questions I'm always learning excuse me um and I just it's just everything kind of I feel my body kind of change and if I'm baking or cooking with someone and I'm trying to sort of talk them through and I'm watching how they their hands are working with stuff and I think are my hands like that I don't know and I just it just it's all encompassing and it's just all consuming and I just I love it it's just one of these things that makes me tough if you are interested in um, audiobooks uh Daniel Pink okay so regarding what we were talking about check it out it's all about it's all about um flow and it's also it's impact on mental health and well-being as well so it's well worth listening to you said a lot of other things how do I kind of deal with it like I do take medication as well like are you are you still medicated if you don't mind me asking do you med- have have you medicated or you're not or no I haven't I mean when I when I was quite like really severely depressed when I was about 17 and I was like bedridden depressed couldn't yeah you know like I try and explain it to people and like what it was like and it was like being in like a yeah. well like a like literally at the bottom of a well with this tiny little bit mm-hmm. of light and going I'm never going to reach mm-hmm. that. And and that was like, that was the vision yeah. I was having at that time as well. But even that, I was too young mm-hmm. to know what was going on. Couldn't talk to anyone about it because I, I didn't know. Um, but it took me three years to get out of that without any mm-hmm. medication. But it was literally, I don't know what it was, this, this ability to be able to look at myself and go, right, you're not going to, this isn't going to yeah. solve itself overnight, but here's here's what you have to do. Tomorrow you're getting out of bed. And then the next day you're getting out of bed. And then the next day you might be able to go and step outside for a little bit without getting too panicky. And then just, I just started throwing myself into situations that started pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. And like, I was never a sociable person either. So I'd throw myself into a group of people and just force myself to have a conversation. But sorry, go on. No, like, yeah, no, it's just, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I've like been on medication. So my, so I wasn't, like I get like with you if you I mean if you don't mind me asking so it's like now I'm just like talking um were you was it it. something that just came along with you just something just happened and all of a sudden it was like oh gosh I'm like like you say it took you a few years to kind of work it out was it all of a sudden it was just that's how you felt and you kind of fell into that remember my 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 first instance um of, of real severe depression was I was sat in a French class in my secondary school 
and a thought entered my head and it was what what's the point in a spin on on planet earth and it sat there for a bit and i sat there and that entire lesson went by and i don't remember any of the lesson all i remember is me going why why are we here and then that thought lasted for a week and it, i just ruminated on it and it sat sat and sat that, and sat and sat and eventually so it went weird. there's no point there's no point in life no point in life and then that was mm. it i just crashed up and that. there was nothing that that on. it just I was always quite a sensitive yeah. and thoughtful I, I, uh, thoughtful person I think I, I'm a, I've always been an overthinker yeah. but something something triggered it and just that that feeling of having no purpose in life and no value and there was no <clears> point in me being here sunk me so quickly like within the space of six months I skipped school mm wasn't eating properly, wasn't looking after myself, couldn't even get out of bed, was in tears, you know, this this overwhelming, worthless feeling. Um, yeah, just from a thought. Yeah. It's, Probably hormones as well, you know. But, but. Like, it's, it's funny as well, you kind of make light of it. Like, I had that, I had those, when I was bad, I was being dragged out of the bed by my feet, like the duvet, and I was like, I was a teacher, I was like... 30 years old and being pulled out of bed in the duvet being thrown down the stairs so I had nothing on the bed to stay in bed for and and stuff like that and but mine like I was I'd say fine obviously we all we we have our stuff and we have different things but mine was I think brought on by trauma so all of a sudden I was like I, like I'm really struggling now like and things that I used to enjoy I'm now not enjoying and I could just feel myself spiraling and obviously things do trigger it and there were things when it was okay and obviously different like sort of trying different medications but it took well over a year and I was so adverse to to trying medication going on medication because it felt like a massive I don't know like being defeated really and having to rely on something else which I hated but actually when you if you if you've got like I've got just well like wheezing I take an inhaler to stop myself wheezing I wouldn't deny myself of that inhaler so that that was that was through Mm. therapy understanding that that actually no like you it's not your fault and actually if you were in pain you'd take something to relieve it or relieve that pain so actually why would you not medicate to to think me that and then I get angry because I'm like actually well it's not my fault that I'm I'm like this this has happened but then I don't know it's just it's just a weird one, isn't it? Because obviously, and I've had to go through different medications. I've had medications that turned me into an absolute zombie, which was just worse than feeling shit, actually, because I just lost all sort of creativity and anything like that. And that's one thing I don't want to lose. As much as I am messy and chaotic and everything, I am creative and I'm wanting to learn and I want to think all the time. And as soon as that goes or anything impairs that, then I know I'm in serious trouble because that's what I thrive on and mm. thriving on pressure and things because that's my the way my kind of chaotic messy brain works and it's the only time you get me concentrating is when you get you get three and a half hours to build a fucking gingerbread pub so that's when you do start concentrating but um yeah it's funny how everyone's different thoughts or different reasons behind mental health but actually there are some really common denominators like you just saying about why we're here I get these weird thoughts sometimes or like I could be outside and all of a sudden I'm like are we really here like and that's such a weird fucking thought Candice what are you doing but like you just said what's the point in here being here planet earth is earth real are we really here is this like and it's just like your brain just starts going off on one it's just yeah oh, but when you said that I was like oh okay I- 
Yeah. Yeah, I've mm. been there. I mean, back in the day when I was smoking a lot of weed, it was, these, these conversations were, were a lot more, they lasted a lot longer. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, I mean, it's not clinically proven and I don't think what I'm saying has any grounding, but I definitely think that there are certain types of people on this planet who are quite active thinkers and those who do have got this this wide wide perception in terms of why are we here are there life on other planets what's the purpose you know and and really started to delve into these things potentially have a higher predisposition to to experiencing a mental Mm. illness in the same way that people who are quite highly creative like musicians and artists and you know novelists and i think you know i think especially when you so it's a chicken and eggs yeah Chicken and eggs, that's a funny question as well, isn't it? And I come up with these really weird questions and really weird things in my head as well. So I was asking that the other day about and the chicken, and we went round and round and round. And then I was like, do chicken, about the, the egg coming out of chicken's bum. Then it was like, don't come out his bum and blah, blah, blah. Like, But um, it's just how my brain works. I was going to say something. Yeah, I will like, just will often just sit and think, but I I will ask questions all the time and I, wanted, I want to know stuff and I want to kind of learn and just I don't know just take everything in but one of the things I try and remain is is just I try and to I try so hard to remain positive and one of the things that you can and I can 100% say about myself is that I am kind and I am nice and I think that's one thing I have days where I might not shower or I, I can't be able to brush my teeth because my brain is just like no today you're not going to do that like um but I am nice and I'm kind and that's one thing that with sort of everything with mental health is that will never ever change and if uh, the day I ever turned horrible or nasty or was mean or anything like that or unkind then something has seriously gone wrong and you can 100% cart me off and lock me up because that's something I never ever want to not be um, and I try and I think at the moment as well, just trying to remain really positive, even now in amongst all this, I think it's so hard to get drawn into, to, oh, it's this and it's bad and the government, rah, rah, rah. And as much as obviously I've got my moans and groans and I say like, it's been so difficult and we've tried so hard, but I will say that, but then I'm like, right, okay, it, maybe this has happened for a reason. These are the reason for that. And I try and remain positive because I think otherwise it can be all consuming. And one of the things I probably have had to do a little bit is disassociate myself from the whole situation with the pub with the pandemic with everything because actually I think we're in danger of being all consumed by it so actually that little bit of disassociation and just learning to go okay okay oh that pub it's shut yeah that's my pub but it's fine it's shut for a while we've had a leak we've had to lift the floor up with a spade but it's fine like it's just like okay because otherwise I think it can be all, all all consuming I think that can be quite detrimental I think so. And like when this first, this, this pandemic first came out, I was really leaning into it. I was looking at like the macro, like how is this going to impact mm. everyone? What's the long-term prognosis of this? How many, you know, how many people is it going to affect? And the more you try and lean into that and you question it and it, it, it actually makes you feel like you're about to fall off yeah. the edge of a cliff. Like your brain can't comprehend no. it. So sometimes as you say, it's better to take a step back and go, look, it is what it is. I'm I'm water. 
that's a rock. I'm yep. going to flow around it and I'm just going to go with the flow. Take Absolutely. The path of I love that. Do what I need to do. I am water and that's a rock. I'm going to splash the fuck out of the rock on the way through, but I'm going to go around it. <laughs> no, I like that. And I think. Yeah, you'll, you'll break yeah, it down exactly. eventually. You'll, you know, Especially if it freezes, then you're in trouble, you shitty rock. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's so important to just, like I say, I don't even, I, don't I don't watch the news at the moment I listen to what I'm told or I I find out what I need to know and I go with that basically rather than kind of trying to take everything in because I think then my brain just goes oh no um but yeah I'm even funny with like certain shows like you know when you watch things and as soon as there's any like bitchiness or meanness I'm like no no thank you I'll do something else and I'll watch something because it's just that negativity I'm like oh don't really need that I don't really like that so I think it's a better place and my brother says I'd love to be in your brain sometimes I went yeah it's quite it's all right sometimes sometimes it's shite but other times when I'm just like la 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 yeah. <laughs> it's great yeah yeah he's there do pulling you, his hair do out. you find like you, <laughs> do you find like when you have these thoughts like you say you sometimes you get hooked on things like a song yeah. for example or a particular yeah. thing do you find that you cannot rest until you've seen it out Benidorm like, the program Benidorm was the worst one. I mean, obsessed. Obsessed. Benidorm. Really? Yes, that was in the first lockdown. Benidorm. I just poked myself in the eye. Um, Benidorm. I've never said a... It was awful. Did I watch every single episode? Yes. Could I do anything else? Could I think about anything else? Could I watch anything else? No. I had to finish Benidorm. And then also I've got this really weird thing with watching things... And then not watching the last episode or the last two episodes. I've watched all of the Sopranos, not seen the last episode. Watched all of Game of Thrones, not seen the last two episodes. Don't tell me what happens because I still don't know. Um, what else haven't seen the last of? I've not finished Jane the Virgin. I've watched all of that. Um, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So, yeah, in the answer to your question, How? yes. <laughs> I love it. Love it. I mean, for, for me, me, my, 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 <clears throat> I'm I'm the same. So certain Netflix shows, like you know, I get hooked on some right, right odd ones. Well, it's been defined. It's been defined as crap, yeah. But like I, you know, I've, I'll absorb myself. But it's other small things. Like for me, um, I stumbled across cryptocurrency mm-hmm. a year ago, right, and start started investing. But rather than just throwing some money in and leaving it, I spent hours. I mean, hours. Every spare moment, whilst I was walking the dog, whilst I was sat having my tea, just. Learned. really oh I wow myself into as much couldn't let it go couldn't let it go um and it was like photography mm. in fact it's like the burnt chef project everything that uh, i've been obsessed with i've tried to mm. angle if you like um unfortunately some netflix shows can't be angled. i'm not sure i can angle, angle benadorm into yeah. anything but i'll keep trying benadorm I reckon there'll be a hotel, there'll be a Candy's Hotel in Benidorm in the next four years. Oh, my God. I know. (laughs) Special guest. That would be cool. Yeah, it could could work. But at least it's like, yeah, I get the same with songs. Songs will go around in my head. But I had a a particularly bad one when it was, I mean, not bad, because I still quite like them and I used to see them a lot, was Shaken Stevens' The Wanderer. I mean, that was interesting for, um, for quite a while. Round and round and round. And it's interesting, because I said this on when I spoke to Frankie and a couple of people messaged me going, so it's really interesting because I get, I get that as well. I've not had shake and Steve. Uh, I've not had status quo yet, but yeah, <clears throat> that kind of, so it's interesting. You say that, I say our brains are all different and we all do things differently. And there are so many 
things with mental health, actually there are these really weird little similarities that you can kind of go, yeah, in a weird similar way. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the other books that I um that got me off on this journey that I listened to again obsessively, I listened to it three times back to back. And it's again not clinical. Um, but it's done by a guy called Johan Hari. Mm-hmm. He um, wrote a book called Lost Connections, mm-hmm. and he was a Guardian journalist, went on a 44,000-mile trip basically to understand depression because he was taking antidepressants, and they were losing their effectiveness. Mm-hmm. So he was taking more and more, and then he started to bloat and put on mm-hmm. weight, and he was just like, what? what's, what's the yeah. point in this? So he went on a little journey, and long story short, he came across different situations during this journey, but he came to the conclusion that there were nine reasons for depression and anxiety, right? Two of those were biological. So childhood trauma and biology, right? The other seven were down to lost connections, things that we were missing in our environment that our bodies were reacting to. And it was talking about things like, you know, when a monkey is knocked out of its top, like alpha position, right? then there's a biological change inside that monkey that makes that monkey start to spend more time away from its pack. As it spends more time away from its pack, it feels less secure, which increases its stress hormones, which then actually shortens its lifespan. And it's all of these sort of like, so it's basically saying that we as human beings need security and we need to feel like we belong. And if we don't feel like we belong, then actually biologically things like anxiety and depression start to flare up. And that for me was like, just got me thinking so if you're in yeah, for a book yeah Johan Hari. Hari. i feel really sorry for the monkey as well oh well you know natural selection oh i don't deal well with stuff like life. that i can't watch anything with animals in it jeez one because the dog goes ape shit at the telly but two it's always going to be sad and i can't deal with it can't deal with it well, I maybe that. i should work in a zoo do you do Oh, don't. I did work experience at a vet. Oh, gosh. I was dead set on being a vet. No, Mm -mm. no, no, thank you. No, thanks. We work in hospitality Um, instead. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, I know. Crazy. It is crazy. And again, chicken and egg scenario. Do you have to have a mental health issue to work in hospitality or is hospitality the cause of your mental health (laughs) Well, I would imagine you have probably a very interesting perception on that probably be from how you're speaking or various well the work and stuff you've done Hmm. interesting yeah it's a I think naturally creative people gravitate towards hospitality for for what it is 100% but I think that also having done studies and I've done a diploma in um, become a stress reduction trainer Mm -hmm. and having looked at these stats and the impact that stress has on our long-term mental health, I think that um, if you didn't have mental health issues, then you're probably more likely to have them through working 80-hour mm. weeks. But It's um, funny, it's funny, yeah, yet we still, we still do it. People still do it. And again, that's that, that passion but and that like love. And... Like, it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a funny, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It is a very interesting one. I appreciate you're probably a very busy lady, I say that based on what we've just discussed, probably, maybe not at the moment with COVID, but we're getting back to we it. We are. You've got yeah. planning to do. So and... extension pushing on, um, talking booths and my brother and that, and meeting people about booths and we're talking about the garden menu because obviously it'd be garden first and luckily we have that space. Yeah, stuff with the book and no, I've been really, I have been really lucky actually. I've been really, really lucky to work because I think 
it would have been a really different situation if I hadn't been able to work last year. I think I'd be in a very, very different position mentally. I mean, good days, bad days, but work, I, I need to work. I love working. I love to keep busy. I love to push myself. So I'm very, very lucky mm. for that. Um, and I have to remind myself of that a lot. But I know I am lucky. I'm very, very grateful. Um, and just obviously to, to do bits and pieces like this as well. I just feel, yeah. And I just think, okay. it's, no, it's about being grateful as well. I think really, really important to be grateful and I am grateful and very, very lucky and things like that. And it's just the case you work with everything else. So that's one foot in front of the other a lot of the time. If you were to give some advice, advice to your 16 year old self, what would it be? I always say this, you've only got one you. So don't ever change. Don't ever, don't ever think that you isn't good enough because actually it is um, because there's only you and that is, that is good enough. And I think, um trust yourself as well and trust processes um and just be brave because actually braveness does pay off and actually you are stronger than you think stronger than you realize and and actually you don't have to be the best to succeed because hard work pays off so if you work the hard work as hard as you can and you know that you've worked hard no one can ever ever take that away from you whether you finish last whether you finished middle, second, first, or whatever. If you've worked hard and you've put everything into that, no one can ever take that away from you. Great advice. Thank you very much. Thank you. I've really, Lovely. really enjoyed this. And thank you for all your hard work and everything that you do and the support that you give and the resources and everything, because it is invaluable. And I hope you do realise that as well, because... I think it's so important, but I really, I appreciate what you're doing and I know a lot of other people do as well. So well done and thank you to you as well. Thank you. Thank oh, you very so much. Um, and if there's anything, anything you want to see at any <clears> particular <throat> stage or, you know, whether it be resources or training, um, we're about to launch the Burnt Chef Academy, the app, um, so that your staff have got online Amazing. training modules that they can do to do with health, well-being. But if there's anything in particular you think actually could be looking at this and let us know and i'll, I'll build Love it that. i think that's a great idea and you know anything that i can do to help or support then you know where i am as well picking up dog shit in merchandise i'm i'm your girl <laughs> okay done done right you're, you're wrong perhaps we could do a sponsored dog poo pickup i mean brilliant dog poo dog poo bags huh? Huh? poo bags poo bags with the chef hat oh, on God. is there anything worse honestly <laughs> Perks, perks of owning an animal, isn't it, really? But Candice, listen, you've been an absolute legend. Thank you ever so oh, much. Thank and you. Um, if people wanted to purchase your book, where could they go? Um, so you can pre-order at the moment. Um, it's out on the 1st of July. It's Happy Cooking, but you can pre-order on Amazon, Happy Foodie. Um, yeah, so very, very proud of it. Very scared. But again, talking about our, our funny little brains and, and food and why the two work so well together. I'm sure it, I'm sure it will do amazingly. Oh, so uh, good on you. you. Well done. Thanks for that. And I'll, um, I'll speak to you yes, soon. Yes, I will speak to you very, very soon. Take care. All right. See you later. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Burnt Chef Journal. If you wanted to learn more about the Burnt Chef Project, head over to our website, www.theburntchefproject.com 
where you'll find a whole host of resources and information relating to well-being and mental health within hospitality. Whilst you're there, why not visit our shop and support us by purchasing some branded merchandise, which we then use the profits to fund our ongoing work in destigmatizing mental health within the hospitality industry. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.